0: Let's do this. All right. You ready, man? I'm always ready. Let's do it. Fuck yeah. Let's go. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson. And today, we got a special guest in the building all the way from Canada. One of the next heavy, heavy bass artists that's killing in the scene and is going to take over all North America. Please say hello to the one and only 10 grabs. Let's go. What's up, guys? What's poppin', man? What's poppin'? How you doing, man?
1: I'm good. I'm good. How you doing?
0: Good, man. Just, you know, chilling, killing, beefing all
1: that stuff. That's how it's gotta go, man.
0: Yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, man, before we get started, man, first phrase first, I just want to know that how you doing, man. How's everything? How's the family? What's going on? It's good, man. It's good. I mean, you know,
1: I became a dad three months ago. Uh congratulations. How about it's a. Thank you, thank you. It's a wild thing. Being being a dad for me is like it's it's this crazy thing that I never thought I'd end up doing in my life. Um, um, it's it's a lot of getting used to in a way, but at the same time, it feels so natural for like so many reasons. Okay. Um, but it's I don't know, man. It change it changes your perspective on things a lot when you have a kid. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I've been hearing that for a lot of people. At least my best friend just got a, a girl last year, and he told me just. He told me the same thing that you just told me, you know, it's different, but it's like I wasn't prepared, but it happened. And now everything's so different. It changes his perspective of life, it, it, his perspective on stuff. So he's just like, you know, he's happy. Don't get me yeah. wrong. He's happy, but it's just different. Like he sees Vince in a different way. He doesn't see it that, the way we normally would see it with people who doesn't have oh, a yeah. child. So we can oh, never yeah. understand, not you know, a lot,
1: a lot of those things that you think are priorities end up just not being a priority at yeah. all anymore. You know what I mean? Like I look at all of the shit that I used to care about and I'm like, I don't, I don't care about this stuff anymore. It's not relevant to me now. And it's like the shit that, that matters is like, can I put food on the table? Mm-hmm. Am I being the best person I can be? Mm-hmm. Am I being a good role model? And like, yeah. it pretty much stops there. And then everything else is like bonus to it. I mean, it's different. It's different.
0: It's different, but it's a it's a beautiful blessing, you know. Because oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like like you know, not only it changes you, but it changes you for the good.
1: Oh yeah, one hundred percent.
0: It makes you much more happier, healthier in a way, you know. And you're just basically looking forward to all the cool shit that you want to teach your child when it grows up, you know.
1: Oh yeah. And, and it's it, it it pushes you to strive to to be better. You know what I mean? Mm. Like that's something that. And and it goes beyond just like a, as a human being. It's like every sphere of your life, you're trying to be the best you can be because of that, right? Right. And like I I've already been on that journey of like I want to be a better person every day. But like having a kid, kind of like it, it creates this urgency that you you don't necessarily feel beforehand, okay? Because before you know you you don't owe anybody anybody else anything. You only owe it to yourself. Now mm-hmm. it's not just about you anymore. It's about yeah. you know you you have a kid. You gotta you gotta. You know, teach your kid the same things that you're trying to teach yourself, but because it's another human being that depends on you, it's like there's that urgency. It's not just on your own time no more.
0: So you actually have what what they call the the dab vibe, the the dab senses. You know, like you can sense when something is like not right, and oh, yeah. be like, no, like hold oh, on, yeah. let's put a stop oh, yeah. at this. You
1: know, oh yeah. Dude, every every single time that he cries, I'll, like, immediately know if it's because he's hungry, because he's tired, or, like, wow. whatever it is. And, like, I had that before, right? Like, I, I didn't notice I did, but I, I realized that I did. Mm. But it, it really, the senses heighten once you get a kid. Now, mm. like, every time I talk to somebody, it's like, I can tell just by the tone of their voice. I can tell just by the way they, they look at me, like, something's off, you know what I mean? Or like, oh, like you know, you look like you're really happy, even though you're not necessarily showing it. You know, like all these like nuances about like how human beings like react to things come out a lot easier when you have those dad senses. It's like everything around you is just heightened times a million. It's really freaky. I mean, I mean, the human the human body is a mystery. Even 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 the brain
0: itself is still a mystery to many of us. I mean, I mean. Like, the perfect example is like, it's it's incredible, even with today's technology and how advanced we really are, we still don't know how such diseases come about in your own body. Like, you don't know where it's origins coming from. Like, perfect example, if you, God forbid, anybody gets cancer, but, you know, if you get cancer... You don't know how you get cancer. It just happened. You oh yeah, just you're, happen you're, to-
1: you're, your cells just fucking mutate. That's exactly. that's the wild. That's the wild shit about what's been going on in the last like sixty to eighty years in medicine. Is mm-hmm. is they're realizing that a lot of like okay, so for example, with cancer, right? So cancer, we know that a lot of things are are, are like you know they're cancer, cancerous. Like yeah. they they can they can cause cancer. Yeah, I, yeah, I forget yeah. the word, but. But we don't know like what the exact trigger is mm, for most cancers. Yeah. We don't know why the cells specifically decide on one human being but not on another. Yeah, right. Like, and, and you can look at like two like genetic codes that are identical, like two twins that live the same upbringing, that you know mm. consume the same kinds of foods, that you know do the same kinds of activities, or are exposed to the same, you know, same pathogens and all that crap, like they might not both get cancer. One of them might, one of them might not. And that's that's one of those things that's always fascinated me about science is you you can know, but you won't always know. Like yeah. there's always this like percentage yeah. of doubt that makes it that science is not this exact like function. Like there's always going to be this level of uncertainty. It's like, so I work a lot in um, uh, human behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of behavioral research and whatnot for, for what I do in like music business and things like that. Mm. And one of the main things that comes up a lot is like psychographic profiling um, and behavioral profiling. And one of the the big things that stands out is, is, you know, human behavior is 97% predictable. Mm. But it's only 97% predictable in very specific contexts with very specific boundaries. You take those boundaries out, you take that context out, it, it, it just becomes free game. You don't know what's going to happen. And the same thing applies to like all the other spheres of science. Like you can know, but you can never be 100% sure. And that's, that's the, the beauty, but also like the, the The curse in a way, the curse of life is, is you can know what's, what's about to happen, but you won't necessarily know that it's going to happen because it might not, or it might, if it's something that you think might not happen, you know? Like, I keep telling people, like, you have to, you have to visualize what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these things where, you know, you hear this all the time, like, oh, like, if you put enough hard work in, if you, you know, if you put enough hours, blah, 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 like, you'll get to where you want to go. For the most part, that's true. But there's this, there's all these other factors of like, you know, there's timing. There's what a lot of people call luck, which I hate the word, but it's, it, it comes back to that. It's. Luck in and of itself is just this like conglomerate of circumstances that leads to a specific situation. Yeah, you I, have to be open to opportunity, yada yada yada. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things, but fundamentally, like there, there's still this element of uncertainty that means that you could do everything right and still not see the result that you were expecting, or vice versa. You might right. do everything wrong and somehow it lands on your lap, anyways. You know there's there's all these things, and that's what that's what's cool about life. That's what makes life worth doing you know it's it's this quest of like I think I know what, what's going to happen mm-hmm. but I'm not sure let's find out
0: see I, and I agree with you and especially that term of luck that's why I always tell people it's like hey good luck hey, good luck as as if like you know good, good luck for you person but for me me, somebody tells me good luck I tell them it's like I I make my own luck because, because of that notion I always believed in that is like and that also makes me want to question you know sometimes my own religious beliefs you know because i was raised um on a, conf- a catholic household you know mm-hmm. and in in catholics you know we were raised down that you know you got to go every sunday you got to ask God for forgiveness for anything that you've done wrong and, you know, pray and ask for, give you a strength and energy for this week or pray for others and blah, 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 blah. I was, that's the whole notion I was raised on by that. Mm -hmm. But in due time, I, as I, as I got older and older, I realized like there are times in which I skip out of it and Mm -hmm. it did not much affect it my outcome of my life it just it was just basically insane so in a way i stopped believing god for a time being because it's like all right so i'm worshiping peter wishing or praying to somebody it's something that's out there out of my own control to hopefully get me the stuff that i want but is it really him doing all the stuff that he's doing it or is it me that i'm doing it and it's just coincidental all these circumstances that I are love happening that
1: bring religion up I love Bro, it. Bro,
0: I'm such a big with this, with the whole, with dude, whole I, believing religions, um, everybody's own beliefs. is like, and I'm not, I don't knock them down. Hey, everybody has their own beliefs and I don't knock them down. Hey, go for that. You know, it's because you, you probably have something that you want to believe, you know? I believe in the universe. I believe that there's cosmic yeah. energy that, that for every cause there's an effect, you know, like for everything that happens, there's a a something equal positive energy of reaction that will happen. Mm -hmm. So if I do something that I, something's going to happen afterwards, but it's not because I wish that, you know, God is giving me the energy that yes, it's going to give it to me. Or I wish upon it every day. Like, no, I actually do it. I move forward about it, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just so, it's so fascinating when I hear about people, you know, saying like, Oh God save me. And I'm like, I mean,
1: did he it's really 50-50. It, It's 50/50 because see, I love that you bring religion up because religion works as a system. Yeah. Because the the whole point of why religion, you know, does work for some people is the system of belief that it creates. So what what it is, if you take mm-hmm. any religion, right? Like we can take we can take Christianity as an example, but yeah. you, you can apply this to any religion. The system works this way. You do these things, that you are in control of, and you apply that control to those things that you 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 can tangibly change, mm-hmm. and then everything that you cannot change and don't have control over, you abandon the notion of control over those things, and then you have faith that whatever comes from it, you will be ready to face it. That is the the core concept of religion. It is the core concept of um, like most like twelve step programs. Yeah, like all like human beings function on two things we function on control and we function on faith mm-hmm. and the way we function mm-hmm. properly is if we learn how to balance them and that's why religion as a system works the problem is and this is where a lot of people get religion like mixed up and whatnot is yeah. we we've used religion in in history to manipulate and control and abuse of humans. And that's that's a whole different issue that like, yeah. I, it's not directly relevant to the conversation, but it's important to remember because faith and spirituality and religion are two very separate entities. Mm. There's religion, the man-made system that is like, you know, like the Catholic Church, for example, like the Vatican and all that. Yeah, yeah. And then you have the the... the the faith of religion and the spirituality behind it which is the system that works Mm -hmm. and being able to focus on that part is where like yeah God probably helped a lot of people if that's what they want to believe that then then go for it yeah because yes if you had faith that whatever you were not in control of something out there was making sure that you were ready to fulfill it Mm yeah 100% but you have to take 50% responsibility for, for of it yourself because you yeah. you still yeah put yourself in situations where you were ready and willing to accept the information right. tools to take that on and so that's why I, I love this conversation because i've had it multiple times over the years and a lot of people stumble upon like you know oh but it's religion like no don't wor- don't think about the religion part don't don't worry right. about the religious aspects don't worry about like you know, for some people, it's it's rocks. For some people, it's the universe. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It, it look f- functionally, it does not matter. What matters is is do you have a system that helps you balance faith and control? If you have that, then you're good. Then you can pretty much do whatever the fuck you want because you I have agree. a system in place. It, I- it it basically comes down to can you manage your own being. Both internally and externally. If you can if you can figure out a system that does both of those things. See, that's what I love have I love these conversations too
0: because I barely get to have these type of conversations with people because most of the time people, I it's hard for me to have somewhat a, a decent conversation about it and have this like mind mentality because sometimes like you said people get a little bit butthurt and say like nah like religion works this way you know and that's why all things good good it's like okay but can you actually have the capacity to open your mind just a little bit and maybe maybe i said the fact that maybe it's not just you know whoever you're worship, uh, worshiping is the one that's guiding you maybe it's your own fin, it's your own mind your own mortality your own mind saying like hey Take, go this way, go this way, yo. Mm -hmm. Just keep it like that, you know. That's why, like, um, I I was I was speaking with my fiance today, and we we were talking about the whole Ash forty days and forty nights crap, you know, like, um, you know that they put an ash on the cross, you know, and you gotta commit yourself, yeah, Yeah, the whole sacrifice thing, you know, sacrifice for forty days, forty nights, one thing, you know, as a praise of God, you know, say like you're committed. I told her, like, I honestly told her, it's like, hey, go ahead and you can do that. Oh, you're going to do it? Nah, I I don't believe in that crap. It's like, why? Why? Why you don't believe it? It's like, because why is it that there has to be a system in which they tell you that you need to prove your loyalty or your worthiness of God, showing that you're willing to sacrifice this for 40 days and 40 nights? Why can't you just do it on a daily basis? Because exactly. You're, you're just looking for an excuse to say, like, oh, oh, well, I'm gonna have a diet for 40 days, 40 nights. I'm gonna it's Like people that sign up to the gym.
1: Yeah, exactly. They sign up to the gym in January, by February, they're gone. They're done. They, yeah. they, 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 they keep it up on it. <laughs> but that's the thing. That's the thing, is like humans, humans are creatures of habit. And if you yeah. if you want to build new habits, it takes more than 40 days. Like 40 exactly. days is enough. To, it's enough to get you in the it, it, it get the gears grinding. But then you got to commit to it. And Mm -hmm. and the commitment part is why, you know, relationships don't do good nowadays. It's why most businesses don't last more than a few years. Like there's a big portion of, especially with like, you know, the internet and all and how society has been evolving over the last couple of decades is we're so used to getting everything right away now that Mm -hmm. this notion of commitment to something is foreign to most people. Especially in North America and Europe, but like around the world for the most part, it's becoming more and more foreign. And, you know, to, to me, it's crazy because I grew up in a, you know, in a very well-off household. Like my parents, my parents were very well-off mm-hmm. and, you know, it turned out to be millionaires after I, after I moved out. Um, but I got kicked out, you know, I got kicked out of my own place. And I wound up, you know, really severe drug addict in the streets and I got myself out. And that notion of commitment and being able to like commit to a specific thing to get to a f- like a further point down the line, like do the ends justify the means? Right. Most people don't believe in that anymore. Most people, you ask them like, does the end goal, is the end goal worth the the means that you use to get there? A lot of people are not willing to take that, that, that gamble yeah. because they only think about themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They only think about their fears. They only think about their wants but they don't think about what, what they and the, the society they live in need. It's like COVID, right? Let's take COVID as an example. A lot of people with COVID, they have a bunch of different mixed opinions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Regardless of the opinions, fundamentally, no matter what human beings would have done, COVID would have done the same thing. Mm-hmm. It would have it done the exact same thing. You could have had no vaccines. You could have had a fully efficient vaccine. You could have had full immunity and it would have done the same thing. And I'll tell you why. Okay? Because nature and natural selection runs its course no matter what the fuck we do. It's like thinking that we are the sole responsible beings for climate change. We're not. We are not the only like we're not. It it just it's crazy to think that we are that powerful that we can impact the entire climate. Do we have an effect on it? Yeah, totally. We are definitely accelerating global warming. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure global warming was already a thing.
0: Back at the dino age.
1: Well, 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 like scroll it back down to like 10,000 years ago during the last ice age. Mm. The last ice age, everything started melting and we've been seeing temperatures go up over time. Mm. Are we making it worse? 100 percent. Are we the only like are we the only cause for it? Fuck no. That's crazy to think that we're that. We can't even fly to the moon without having a million problems. Are you kidding me? We're not that good. Yeah, we're not that good. Human beings are not that smart. The average yeah. IQ is 9, 90 to one hundred. We're not that good. So to think that you know something like, for example, COVID wouldn't have just run its course, is it, crazy. It's like the, the the human brain and and the way we work as a society, you might as well just you know let it roll. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and most people don't have it in them to say, yeah, I'm okay with not making it out. If it means that everybody else does because selflessness is something we've lost because our own egos our own self-survival is more important than the survival of the human race as a whole, right? It's like, you know, why are we still fighting wars between each other? Why, Why do we still have homophobia, xenophobia, you know, racism? Why does that exist? Because our own egos and our own fears dictate how we live. If... Aliens come tomorrow morning and decide to invade Earth and and try to take up all our resources. We're screwed. There yeah. is no way in hell that all human beings just go all right. Fuck all of our own personal problems. <laughs> we're all going to work towards this goal. There is no way. There's just no way. It's not going to work. No, it, it just won't happen. It, it's wishful thinking. Oh, Independence shit. Day is a great movie. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but goddamn, right. is it inaccurate? We are yeah. not ready for that yet. No, we're, we're not, not there. I mean, you. I- can, you we saw it with COVID. We're not yeah, there. We're, we don't give a shit about our neighbors. I mean, what, we don't. What,
0: what was his name? Um, Stephen Hawking. He said it himself before his passing that, you know, if human, I mean, if aliens ever arrive, human beings are not capable of handling that. Like, well, they're no, not, we're not, we're no, not we're ready not. to handle that said, in fact, let me let me pull you in the in the movie scene in a, in a movie stream. If, if you remember the first Men in Black movie? you remember yeah, when when exactly. they when they sat down and we will ask uh his uh Tommy Lee Jones character is like so so if you guys work on you know for aliens and intervention, weren't why don't you tell this to everybody and and he said the perfect somebody I can't this is me paraphrasing this is not my this is not his words this is me my own words how I interpret it. it is like yeah you know if you tell one person yeah he can, he he'll be like oh shit okay yeah okay we, we got aliens you yeah. But when you tell people, that's a different story.
1: People will just tell freak a out. Yeah, you can't tell a collective. No, you can't look tell at, it. Look, look at what look at what happens every time you tell a collective new information. They react as a collective, and exactly. everything goes to shit. Exactly because because a collective, a, the thing about a collective is this, especially with social media, but even before social media, the problem is is this is so. To connect the types to dots that we're talking about and being able to like rationally think mm. and, and have critical thinking capabilities, it takes an IQ, and I hate using IQ as a as a reference point because mm. it's very narrow. It's a very narrow method of calculating intelligence. It only calculates your ability to critically think and do rational problem solving. That's it. But it's important in this scenario specifically because of the following. So when you're presented with new information as a human being, mm-hmm. your your reflex. It's to deny it. Yeah. And to be able to question that reflex, your IQ on average needs to be at least 120. On Mm. average. Okay? On average. Some people learn it harder than others, and it doesn't always have to be the case. But for it to be a default function of your brain to question why you do something out of habit, it takes about 120. Okay, that's the average. There's a lot more science to it than just that, but I'm right. I'm, I'm like dumbing it down so that it stays yeah, yeah, simple yeah, yeah, for the yeah. conversation. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, is we're talking about a collective. The collective average for IQ is between ninety and one hundred and ten, depending on where and where in the world you're looking and all the different demographics and stuff. But let's average it out to a hundred. Hundred is the average number. Let's look at that. Mm-hmm. If it's a hundred, how do you expect eighty percent of the population being at a hundred? to understand how to connect those dots. It's physically impossible. And it's not even their fault. That's just how their brains are engineered. And it's like, that's the other thing is like, it's and it's something I've realized very recently is like, you know how you argue on the internet with people that just don't get it? Yeah. And then you think that they're intentionally like trying to piss you off. They're not. Right. They're not. And, And it's, it took me years to get this down. It took me Speak so, so, Speak so long. Yes,
0: yes. I know and where then you're going. And I just going. sat yeah.
1: down one day and somebody mentioned this to me and I think it was, I think it was Nappy who mentioned this to me. It's got to be Nappy. But somebody mentioned this to me and I was like, holy crap, that's so true. Most people are just not capable of going that far in their thought process and it's not even their fault. And then I started researching on it because I was like, well, there's got to be some science to this. Right. Because it's got to have been studied somewhere. And I found stuff. And it, it's really... It's a very common thing. Like a lot of people are just not there yet, and that's why you present people with new information as a conglomerate yeah. or as a society. For example, of course they're going to deny it. Of course they're going to lose their shit because they're they're just not there yet. You 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 pick out certain individuals. You can definitely like leak in that information, and it'll seep through over time. That's how you know. For example, like crypto started becoming popular ten years down the line because over time the people with a lot more like long-term vision were able to see like, okay, there's a benefit to this. They're going to yeah. take that. They're going to go ahead and do right. it. I'm not saying crypto has benefits. Like that's a whole different conversation, but like that's the the process that happened is like they saw benefits and then over time they convinced more people and more people and more people. That's how new ideas are brought up. That's how trends are brought up. it, it It's done over periods. It's not just like, oh, it pops up overnight. Every, everybody like looks at like a success story and like, oh, it happened overnight. Like, no, it, it doesn't work like that it takes years it takes years to get anything like that done i mean um, like you could do the like, perfect example like the
0: the electric car like i remember when it, like did, it started with the prius oh, like the toyota Oh no way way before oh way that. before that way,
1: oh wow tell me when was there it? there is there is a beautiful documentary called who killed the electric car and i heavily invite you to watch it because oh hell yes please it is a it is a crazy story about how I believe it's GM. GM came up with the first electric no car. No way. In the 80s, in the 80s. And we're talking like fully functional like kind of like a Tesla right now. Dude, same same speeds, right. uh, 8 hour 8 hour battery supply, uh the whole thing, okay? And it's the story of how corporate lobbies in America killed that idea they they were like they had already like implemented it they was it was already like on the production lines and everything and when they realized how much money they were losing because there's no mechanics there's no there's so much there's so much less that you're that you're that you're spending on when they realized that Mm. they were like holy shit we're gonna lose billions and they pulled everything and they forced gm to pull the whole plug on the whole project and it got shushed so fast and I mean, I could go on with this. Like I've got wow. more than just the electric car as an example, but like human beings are not ready for so many pieces of information.
0: Yes. It's like yes, it,
1: it, it's like meditation. Mm-hmm. Medi- people are not ready to hear that meditation is literally what's going to solve 90% of their problems mm. in, in, in today's society. Be- why? Because people don't want to hear that they don't breathe right. Do you know how crazy that sounds like? It, it sounds crazy, but it, it's true. You know, um, it's like no it, everything, literally any anything you can think of. Somebody's done it, and somebody shushed it up because people aren't ready for it. There's so somebody crazy. somewhere that's that's benefiting from yeah. not talking about it. You know, it, it's th- there's there's so many examples. Um, there's this guy that invented what was it? It was like an ultrasonic like washer dryer combo. It mm-hmm. used no soap and ba- and like one one eight one eightieth or one eighth of the water i can't remember exactly but it was it was like crazy numbers and procter and gamble and all the guys that own like the soap products were like nah you're not doing that and the guy was like oh yeah i'm totally doing that i've already got the patent for it i'm gonna do it and uh they they had a, um, an 18-wheeler hit his wife and, and son in a car. What? And then they told him, if you don't want that happening to you, you're going to sell us the patent. Oh, yeah. Shut no, they, the, dude, there the is some up. crazy shit in the world. It's crazy. And, and, and I get it at the same time. Because, like, think about it for two seconds. If, if that was to have happened in the 90s, because that was somewhere in the 90s. If that was to have happened in the 90s, what happens next? What's the next step? Right? There's so many things that you don't actually get out of that equation. You know, like I know it sounds stupid because you know, wash or dryer soap. Who gives a fuck, right? But it matters because if that technology gets applied elsewhere, all of a sudden, all cleaning products become obsolete. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Yes. And then we're talking billions upon billions. Is it necessarily just for knowledge? No. A lot of it's for power. A lot of it's for money. But a lot of that is stems from this need to control information and this this repulsion to new information that a lot of people have. A lot of people would rather be like, oh, no, I'd rather make money now than see the potential of something over a longer period of time. It's why stock trading is so crazy. You know know how wild it is to think of stock trading as something that you do on a daily basis? Yeah. Some people do that. Some Some people are paid to do that every single day, to just day trade. It's crazy to me because the reason why you would really buy stocks in the real sense of things is you're investing in a business that you believe in fundamentally it's also the smarter way to to invest when you when you like break it down right. it's like right it's like okay if you look at everybody who's actually been successful with stocks they never day traded in their lives the people who made like millions upon millions of dollars they didn't day trade they might have like the new kids might have day traded to get their first million but after mm-hmm. that people invested early on in things like google and things like facebook and things like When 9-11 happened, the simplest thing, 9-11 happens, the stock market crashes, and airline companies just go, what's the first thing you think of doing as somebody who's trying to invest? You buy airlines. Mm -hmm. Simple. It's effective. When all the miracle drugs stopped happening, all the pharma companies started tanking. What's the next thing they did? They went for opium instead, and they started selling opium commercially. Jeez, in the United States. So by getting it prescribed.
0: Yeah. And
1: then they got their numbers back up. Who do you think made a big move while everything was down on the dip? All the rich people that were looking long term. That's that's yes. just how it works. And so that's the thing is you have visionaries on both ends of the spectrum. You have visionaries that are in power and visionaries that are not. Mm-hmm. The ones that are not believe in the greater good. The ones that are believe in their personal good. And it's not a bad thing per se, It just it's how it works. You're always going to have people on both ends. It's just how human nature is. But it sucks because every time you want to present new information to someone, they're going to be resistant to it, Mm. unless they're part of one of those two categories. And these two categories are outliers. They're the exception to the rule. They represent less than 5% of the population. So out of a hundred people you're going to talk to, you got maybe four to five people at most that are going to be willing to receive the information you're about to give. That's It's crazy. It's crazy. And I, I, at first I was like, holy crap, this makes a lot of sense. Right. And then the more you dig, the more you find this information, the more you realize like anytime I've ever argued in my life with somebody, they just weren't ready to receive the information. And there's nothing I could have said at the time that could have gotten the message through because they were not there. And then you realize, like, there's no point in arguing online. There's, there isn't even a point in arguing in person. Because if somebody's not ready, it's like, okay, cool. Like, you just, you're, you're not. And it's not even, like, it's not bad or anything. It's just, they're, they're not there. I look at people. Okay, let's look at, like, the, the epitome of racism, right? Mm. Let's, let's look at a neo-Nazi. Somebody who was brought up, like, hardcore neo-Nazism in their family and shit. Is it really their fault? That they are Nazis. It's always gonna the answer is it's always gonna be 50-50. Let's start there, right? Okay. Because okay. because you, you do always have a choice, like your environment doesn't dictate who you are. Yes, but it does play a but it does play it a does, role. It does play a role, yes. It makes it harder for them to see outside. And I and mm-hmm. I will 100 percent agree to that. But you also have to look at the context. The context is the following. If they were brought up in a neo-Nazi family, they went to school with other people that were neo-Nazis. Guaranteed, because their parents would have clearly never let them go to a public school in the projects, for example. There's no way, it wouldn't have never happened. Right. So what happens there? What happens there? The first thing that you're gonna see stem from that is there's a lack of exposure to other culture. So the only thing they know, the only thing they've ever been exposed to their whole lives is this one thing. And then what happens is, is they get bombarded by all this new information. What happens? We just said it. Human nature is going to be resistant to it. They're going to resist all of it at the same time. And the hardest thing for somebody who isn't racist or who is against racism is to kind of figure out how to get to the middle point and meet them halfway to have that conversation. And most people just go right for the throat. Yes. And that's the issue. That's the issue of the other side is... You can try to convince people all you want, but if you're not willing to put yourself in their shoes, you're not going to get the message across. And it took me years to get this. Years. And I just figured it out. And I'm here, like sitting here, like I've heard this story a million times, but now I'm living the story and I'm understanding it and I'm processing that information. It's, and it's, now I'm realizing, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, it's
0: wild to think like that, bro, because I was just like that years ago as well. I, I was very stubborn and and I was like a wild cat, you know, in the social media. You know, everybody, anybody who has like a critic, like, oh, I'll fuck them over in the in the social
1: media platform all of a sudden. But Dude, I used to punch racists for fun. <laughs> yes. Imagine. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that, that, was, that was me a few years ago. Now, now I have now, to sit down and think like man, they might yeah. not even know why they're racist. Yeah. They might not understand. See, and that, that's the that's, that's a, the, the sad part about getting it. Is, that's exactly because that's exactly why it was going
0: down with me. Like I I couldn't understand why these things were happening. Why am I like this like that? But it was it was later on that I figured it's like why am i arguing with someone like that like why what? let me understand let me be in their shoes see that's, i think when when trump was a president i I'm, i don't vote and I am very public about it. I don't vote because I don't believe in my government. My government is a shit. It doesn't matter American which politics. Yeah. Just, yeah. It doesn't. It, it's all the same thing. Yeah. It doesn't matter which you know party wins. It's all the same, it, thing. All the same thing to I, me from so, an
1: external point of view. American left and American right is still far right for everybody else.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, literally. literally, literally, literally. And that, it, it's funny you say that because I'm from Puerto Rico. That's, I was born and raised in that island. And I tell everybody the same thing, that that notion is like, dude. And it, it's funny because the Democrats in Puerto Rico are like the opposite. Oh, they're they're like the independents of, of the US politics. And the Republicans mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico are the Democrats of the US politics, which is wild to me even to think our about conservatives, that.
1: Conservatives, our conservatives are more like are, are more liberal. Than your liberals in the U.S. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Like, well, like yes, they have conservative shit. views, but they still have like, like. There's still this like this notion of like, yeah, but it's not like disguised fascism,
0: you know? Like, no, like you have to understand why is like that, and, and and it's what you say. People are going straight for the throat and and yeah. bombarded with all this information instead of like stand back for a minute, and pull back, and just like, hey, hold on. Stop pulling all the punches. Like, let's pull back a little bit and think. Think about why is it that they think like that? Why is it like uh, that's why? And that's that's how I look at everything, at every situation, at every person. I always now I look with that perspective and the reason of. Why is it that this person is saying these certain things? Why is it that he's looking at it, and I try to understand it? Even sometimes, I I talk to a lot of conservative people, and I try to understand why is it that you think like that? Like, why is it that you believe that it's such things? like, like this, this, and that. And same goes with the, with the liberals. I try to understand why is it? Sure, sometimes when you see it, uh a liberal's perspective, visually, you understand. You can visually understand, yeah. but information-wise, it's like, uh, I don't know what's the message that you're trying to get. I, got, I see what you're what you're trying to fight for, but I don't think that's the right way to do it. And then when I see exactly. other conservatives, they're not it's visually the other way around. It's the other way around. They're not visually telling you that we're saving the world. But when you talk to them, it's like, yeah, man, we need to save the world. They believe it. They believe it. They believe
1: it. The thing about, about you know, whether we're looking at it from a political standpoint or a social standpoint or even like an economic standpoint is fundamentally, whether you're looking at the left, the right, whether you're looking at, you know, any form of system, the main goal is, okay, we got to have something that works and takes care of the people. Mm hmm. And the thing is, is there is no right answer. Let's start with that. There is no such thing as a utopia, whether it's in politics, whether it's in yeah. economics, whether it's in social politics. Like, It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a utopia. None of it works black on white. It's always nuanced. Mm-hmm. But one thing that makes sense and that will always make sense is you ask anybody on the spectrum, literally anyone, why they do what they do. And they they will always answer you with this: we have our people's best interests at heart. That's their fundamental. It, it always breaks down. Yeah, to that. it always breaks now, down. The to... question the question is is who's your people? Mm, That's the exactly, important question exactly. you gotta ask. Yeah, because if your people aren't my people, then then I'm not aligned with you. Yeah, but but the purpose and the reason why they believe what they believe and they do what they do is fundamentally the same. It's a human defense mechanism. And when you understand that, you can't be mad about it. You cannot be mad about it. Because would you be mad at somebody for trying to defend their family? No. No. Hell no. No matter what the circumstances. Yeah, no matter what. Day, yeah. Even if their family's in the wrong, dude, they they are still defending their family. Exactly. And that is funny. Yes. If 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 your kid robs somebody, even if your kid is wrong, if that somebody tries to get at your kid at their throat, you will come. Defending them yes. without blinking. Why? Yeah. Because that's human nature. That's what we do. It's very hard for us to go against that nature. It's very hard for us to sit down and be like, okay, hold up. My kid did something wrong, but what you're trying to do is also wrong, right? And that dynamic is something that that mediation, that middle mm-hmm. point is something that's that is so hard to achieve on a big scale. It's easier to achieve like with two individuals because you're only dealing with two heads at the same time when you're dealing with a conglomerate of human beings, you're dealing with so many individual brains. Mm. We said it earlier. The more people you add into the equation, the harder you're making it to get people to understand. Yes. Because you're trying to convince a mass. You're trying to convince more than just a unit. And it becomes this impossible task of convincing somebody of a point or convincing a a group of people of a point that they might actually relate to. Like I, I could probably convince liberals that conservatism is good and vice versa if I was doing it at the individual level Mm -hmm. but if I was trying to do it to a group of people there's no way because everybody around them is going to be like yeah but no but this isn't our people like our people are here yeah and that's that's the thing is our sense of belonging as human beings is a lot stronger than pretty much anything else that's yeah, why we you, do what we do.
0: Exactly, because you want to feel like you're part of something. You know, you exactly. want to be feel like you're part of something that's bigger than you, and and that you always want to have seek that instant um, validation. You know, that gratification, mm-hmm. that feeling, that fact that you know what you're doing is on your best interest. You know, of conserving uh, your on your own people. You know, and then and, and then your people has your back no matter what, no matter whether it's good or bad. You know, or no matter whatever the beliefs are, you. You always look for the, what's best interest for yourself and for for the or for your people, you know. Even and and it's a wow notion because that 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 thing you apply that shit on every spectrum, on mm-hmm. everything. Like mm-hmm. you can apply this shit even like talk about high school. Let's talk about high school. Like if Dude. somebody, if somebody, is, <laughs> if a is, if a girl tells a guy that you're a you're an ugly and a piece of shit. And she tells that to all her friends, and then her friends tells her to everybody else. She
1: just needs to tell one friend. And then that's and, that's the craziness of high school. Exactly. It's one person. It only takes one person
0: and then everybody in high school will be like, Oh yeah, I agree with her. You're a piece of shit. You're an ugly person. But why
1: did you it just comes out of nowhere?
0: It just comes yep. out of nowhere. But you know, you 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 immediately supported her because, you know, because uh, she's friends with your people. And yep. then you go by you go right at that with your people. And sometimes that's that's a gift and a curse as much oh, as Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because that's that because again that goes back to to why I, I see a lot of people going to very extreme to uh, to their ideas. Like you know, you're willing to die for that idea to believe that you were right and you're too stubborn to believe that maybe sometimes you're wrong.
1: Yeah. And they're too and, and, proud. They're too egomania to admit that. And, and that's that's the biggest issue with today's society is, is we've we've glorified this sense of being right. And we've mm-hmm. glorified this sense of pride when fundamentally the most self-worth you're ever gonna feel is when you A admit that you're wrong about something, and B is when you learn from that wrong. Like I can't, I can't like I can't even count how many times I've sat down and looked at myself and been like, I wasn't right on that. And then, yeah. and then actively putting in the work to figure out how mm-hmm. to make it right. Mm-hmm. And then sitting back like a year later, for example, looking at it and being like, damn, okay, I didn't think I'd be able to do that, but I did. And that that has a lot more value, but you don't feel it the same way because it takes work. It takes time. There's this sense of, again, back to what I was saying earlier, there's this commitment that you need to take on. Most people aren't ready for that. Most people but are also, afraid of. Well, yeah, because because people aren't, you know, people don't see that long term. And, and yeah. again, back to what I was saying earlier, they don't see the long term because they can't see the long term, and it's not their fault. It isn't their fault. It, it, you can't blame people, but you can. And that's that's what sucks is like when you understand how that dynamic works, you're cursed because you get that you should be mad at everybody but you can't be mad at everybody but you should but you can't. You know, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard balance. And yeah. so, it's, it's definitely, you know, over the last couple of years, especially, especially in, in the music industry. Like, music industry is one of those places where there's a lot of injustice. There, yeah. there is a lot of abuse. Yeah. There is a lot of shit that goes yeah. down. Yeah. And like, and like EDM is a big part of it but like you look at rap you look at metal you look at pop music even it's even, country, worse there. even
0: country bro It's
1: even worse there you know yeah. and, and, and and it sucks but like injustice happens everywhere and when mm-hmm. you get when you sit down and you and you really like lay it all out on the table you realize like it's going to happen no matter where you look Yeah being able to balance accountability and understanding is a very it's a very hard thing to do like you know being able to keep people on yeah. a leash and be like yo like you did this wrong yeah. But being understanding about why they did it at the same time to show them like hey it's okay you're allowed to fuck up being able to do that is not easy it, it, it yeah. is not what most people are, are, are framed to be but i mean most people just they're not engineered for that you can't mm. expect more out of people it sucks but you can't and, and it's you know, it's like, it's like how, you know, how you, we've all said this at least once. Like, how come these people are parents? You know what I mean? Mm. As, mm. as a new parent, I'm realizing this more and more. It's like, so many people are just not ready to be parents. But it happens to them. And like, okay, I get it. Like, a lot of people are like, okay, well, why didn't you use protection and blah, blah, blah. Accidents happen and it's still mm. an issue. Regardless of how much protection right. you want to throw into that conversation, yeah. there's still the notion of like, there's accidents, there's rape that happens. There's so many other situations where, It's out of people's control. That is a very important thing. Is some people are just not ready to be parents. Period. But they still have kids. What do you do from that point on? Do you blame them for everything they do to their kids, or do you try and understand them? Do you hold them one hundred percent accountable? Do you hold them zero percent accountable? Mm. And the answer is never going to be an extreme. It's always going to be in the middle. Yeah. But people don't want to hear it because people want to jump to people's throats because of their beliefs. People let emotions cloud their judgment.
0: And that's and that's a very big issue. It's like they let their it emotion is. control over their own beliefs, you know? And before you know their it, beliefs
1: you, and their actions. Yeah.
0: Before how you know people it. people
1: act on impulse?
0: Look, perfect example. Like the whole Karen situation that's happening uh, here. Like how many times these Karen stories lost their jobs, their livelihoods, their friends, their families because they acted out out of pure impulse behavior.
1: Yeah. Call, it, call it what it and, is. Call and, and it what it is. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying what they're doing is right. Yeah, I've yeah, worked yeah, customer no, no, service no. for 15 years. I get it. Yeah. But crucifying someone is no better than not doing shit <sighs> or than what they did. Yeah. There's a fine line. It's like, okay, so monks, right? Mm-hmm. We'll use monks as a reference point because a lot of people know how vocal I am about what he's done. There's a reason why I keep bringing that story up Every time I see something happen with it, because as much as people have tried holding him accountable, he keeps doing the shit that he used to do. When you repeat the behavior, then you, then you tighten the leash. Mm. That's how it works. But if a Karen outbursts the first time, you don't, you don't go crazy on them. You don't crucify them. You don't crucify on the first occasion you get. You crucify when there's repeated behavior Mm, and no willingness to chain. It's like, Okay, I'm going to be very controversial with this statement, okay? Oh, okay. But this let's is purely this is purely from a theoretical standpoint that I'm having this part of the conversation here. Okay. Okay. Let's look at rape. Okay. Okay. I think I know that's where you that's, that's why that's I, why I prefaced it. I, I think okay? I know where you're going with this. Yeah, go ahead. Let's say let's say you're 18. You mm-hmm. don't know better. Okay. Yeah. And and for for all the reasons in the world, like I'm a rape victim, I can 100% say like there's so many situations where like I've known people on both ends of the spectrum. I've known people who were falsely accused and I've known more than enough victims to know like the whole spectrum of things. Yeah, I've known and called out rapists, like the whole thing. Okay, Fundamentally, if you look at rape, let's say you're 18. You don't know better. You fuck up. Mm -hmm. Does it make you a horrible human being? No, it makes you a human being that did very horrible things. Mm -hmm. Now, hold on. Let's say you do get reprimanded for that. You do get the time. very deserved consequences. Yeah. Okay. You you do time, mm-hmm. and I like I am all about public humiliation of that shit. Like, don't like, do not reg, give me, like yeah. You, register your yourself. Name should be remembered. Yeah. Okay. One hundred percent. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But does that mean that that person cannot change? And here's my thing. Here's my own perspective on change and growth. If you did one bad thing in your life, mm-hmm. but that bad thing is very very bad then guess what? You have a lot of good to do to make up for it. Does it change that you did that bad thing? No. No. You got to keep owning up to that shit. You got to keep reminding people like, hey, I did that bad thing, but it's taught me to do these good things. But if you keep doing the bad things, then I've got no fucking pity for you. Right. You can die in a hole for all I care. And I will probably be the first to go sing a happy song at your grave. But if people are willing to change and put in the work, I'm all about it. But it takes a fucking mountain of work. Right. The more your what your actions were are serious. The harder you went, the harder you got to go in the other direction. I've done some fucked up shit. I've never raped anybody. I've never killed anybody. But I've done some fucked up shit. I spent years, 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 years making up for it and owning up to the shit that I did, too.
0: Mm.
1: Which is I've hard for, very for,
0: for a human being. It's hard to own some of this it, shit it and be public it about and, it. And,
1: and it's important to recognize it too, though. Right. Because a lot of people just be like, oh, but they don't talk. Like, it's not easy to talk about the bad shit you've done. Yeah. If I ask everybody the worst thing they've ever done to somebody else in their lives, most people are going to fucking lie. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they don't even admit it to themselves. And I get it because it's a human thing. Like, we don't want to look at our ugly side. Yeah. Me personally, yes. I sat down with my ugly side and I made up with it. Like, we're cool. I did that. I did that shit. That shit happened. I can't change it. I was a shitty human being before, right? I used to call people the N word when I was a kid. I didn't know better. Mm-hmm. I was taught better though. I was taught. I was taught by POCs that it was the bad thing to say. Same thing with freaking Latinos, dude. I used to use so many slurs, and then all my Latino friends were like, "Dude, what the fuck are you saying that for?" I got the shit beat out of me a couple times. I learned. Was I fourteen? Yeah. Did I know better? No. Does it excuse what I did? Fuck no. Fuck no it doesn't.
0: But you're not that but same person. What I learned person.
1: and I made a and I'm not the same person and I made a conscious effort to change that. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is you have to be able to say, "Yeah, I did do that thing. Yeah, it was fucked up. I was a shitty human being, but I worked for it. I fixed it." People don't want to put the work in. Shut up while they're doing it and then say, hey, I did it. They want to say I did it after not doing it for a day. It's like, no, that's not how it works. So I it's got, not, oh, I didn't do it for a day. I didn't do it ever. It's, it's not how it works. I got
0: two, two ways, two things I want to, I want to go up from this specific topic because I go for it. I do believe in second chances and I do believe that people can change if they're willing to put up the work, you know, one, one, one tale. Is the Kevin Hart situation in which the Oscars or was it the Oscars, the Grammys? I don't fucking remember. But did he want to the Oscars? They they say Kevin, you need to apologize. I, and he's like, why? Because you said some foul shit ten years ago about the gay community, and it was like an old tweet of an old joke of an old special that I I I was aware of that special because I've seen it. I saw it many mm-hmm. times. And I laughed. I remember. I still I laugh remember. about it. Yeah, and. And he apologized. He says, like, well, I'm already sorry. I already apologize. That's not who I am back then. I am a different person than I am right now. He's like, yeah. yeah, but you still need to keep apologizing and probably say you'll never do it again. It's like, why? I already proved my point. Like I did that. I I own it. I I apologize. I was just a wild time. Eddie Murphy's time. He said some wild shit back in the day as well. A lot of comedians, a lot of people said, wild wow, shit. Now they're getting crucified. For stuff that they did back then, even though they're not the same person, that's that's one thing I will say. The second thing I will say that maybe it's a little pushback on the on the whole second chance with you know only on bad shit. What about with the
1: situation with Dasik, which is like anybody, anybody with which, le- which like, let's say Dasik's an example, but like we could talk about it. Diplo, we could talk nectar so anybody, literally anybody. The amount of bad shit you did. You have to equate with a certain amount of good shit before you break even. And then you're not, it's not that you're less of a bad human being. It's not that you're a better human being. It just, you've made up for the bad shit. And that's it. That's all you've done. You still did the bad shit. You still deserve the consequences for the bad shit. And you should still see that bad shit through start to finish. You know, like base nectar, base nectar should be in jail, period. End of story. Right. And then when once he's done his time, then we can look back and say, okay, okay, what are you going to do now? And then you see what the answer is. Mm. And from a behavioral standpoint, it's like they're either going to be good to go or they're going to say, fuck it and do it again. Mm. Anybody who says, fuck it and do it again, chop their fucking heads off. I don't care. Yeah. I don't give a shit. No, absolutely. I'll, be the, I'll, be, I'll be the one holding the ax. I don't give a fuck. But the people that are, that spent the time Sitting down, reflected on what they did, and actually did that mental work to grow from it. those people deserve a second chance. I've spoken to murderers that are ex-cons dude. They walked out twenty five years later and they were changed human beings. we're talking some pretty brutal shit, like not just you're like, oh, uh, I hit somebody with a car by accident. no no, no, like, like, no, no, no. like shit like like, like, like intentional yeah. murder. and 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 they're like in their like 70s now and they're like, man, if I could go back, I would do it again, but only because X, Y, Z. And like some some of them had like good reasons for doing what they did. Like at the time, that's all in you and yada, yada. And like there's, there's situations where like they were in their heads justified to do the things that they did. And I get it. Like I've been in situations where it was fight or flight. And me personally, I'm more the flight kind, but some people prefer fighting and I get it. Mm-hmm. Like some people were brought up like that. Does it excuse what they did? Fuck no. They no. killed a human being. Right. But they spent 25 years in jail for that and they spent their time figuring out how they were going to make up for it. Those people now, they talk to other prisoners in jail to help those prisoners get their shit together.
0: Yeah, I was you know going mean? to bring that it, up. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like that's the type of thing where that second chance might save somebody else's life. And that's where it's important to have that door open. But you got to deserve that thing. It doesn't Mm -hmm. just like, I don't just give you a get out of jail free card here. This isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about you got to climb Mount Everest before we even consider saying your name in public without spitting on it. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's the important nuance here. Because again, like I'm, I'm the first person to say it. I did some fucked up shit. I spent years crawling out of that before even asking for forgiveness and by the time i was asking for forgiveness i had already passed that point of i've did i've done more good than bad i had long passed that point why because i wasn't doing it for that i was doing it because i did not want to be that person still and when it comes from a genuine place of wanting to grow and change mm-hmm. you don't care about other people's opinions of you you care about you being a better person right and by the time it shows and by the time you do ask for that forgiveness You've already done the work. It's not even a question anymore. People that are there to ask forgiveness before they put the work in, those are red flags. People that put the work in and then years later think like, hey, maybe I should ask people to forgive me. That's the people you got to give a second chance to. Those people get those people actually matter because they're they probably have the best, they're in the best position to prevent somebody else doing what they did. Mm. Who do you think is better equipped to teach somebody not to rape someone? Is it a victim or is it an an abuser redeem themselves? Think about it. Somebody who's been through the exact thing that somebody else is about to go through. Telling them, hey, I know this is what's going on in your head right now, but here's why you shouldn't do it. Versus, hey, this is what's going to happen to somebody else if you do it to them. It's not the same dynamic. You see what I mean? That's wow. Yeah. It's wild. It's a wild thought. But when you think about it, and this comes from like my own growth and my own journey with addiction, but I could have spoken to a million drug dealers. I could have spoken to a million therapists. I could have spoken to literally anybody in the world. But if I don't talk to somebody who's a recovering addict and they don't tell me like, hey, I know what you're going through. This is what you're going through. I know what it's like. Here's how you fix it. Holy fuck. Then it starts making sense. But if you apply that logic to the rest, then you start seeing actual growth, and yep. that's why I, like I said, I do believe in second chances, but they are earned, but they are also very important because they can avoid. You can avoid repeating the same mistakes over and over. Right. It's like different different example. Parents that beat their kids. Do you blame the parent? No, you don't blame the parent because they were probably taught the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But do you excuse the parent? No, no. neither. No. Neither. You hold them accountable. And you force them to change. And if they do change, the best thing they'll be able to do is teach their kids how, how to be better parents. That's that's what you're hoping for from that dynamic. Yeah, You're hoping for them to go like, hey, I fucked up. I've learned from the fuck up. Let me teach somebody how not to fuck up. Somebody who's in the same situation. See, that's... A it's s- wild. That's... Wow, bro. Like... See, let me tell you a story,
0: man. There's Hit a me. there's many reasons why I started this podcast show. One of the, one of them is obviously because uh I was very unhappy with my life and especially with um with making music overall. M- making music wasn't making me happy anymore. It felt like a job. It felt like a like I I have to do this or else like I'll never be. I'll never mm-hmm. be big, whatever the notion, the goal for anybody, you know? And I stopped. I stopped altogether and and I had this inner inner feelings like, dude, I need to do something. I need to do something with my life. Um, with something with the music, you know, because that's what that's what I'm here for. And then mm-hmm. my my cousin told me, yo, why don't you start your own podcast show? You know. Talk about these feelings that you that you talk about. Talk about all your struggles. Talk about all the shenanigans that you had to deal with. Talk about all the fuck shits that you've seen and endured and dealt with. Talk about all the time how hard it is for you to get writer's block and all that. And I'm like, I mean, I would love to, but you know, I don't have anybody to talk to. And it's like, No, fuck that. Don't you don't need to rely on anybody. Do it yourself. Exactly. Talk about yourself. In fact. Do your podcast all by yourself with nobody. Just go ahead. And that's exactly what I did. And here, here we are 100 episodes later talking about this. And one of the reasons why I started this show, as a circle back to what I mentioned, is because I've dealt with so much shit and seen so much shit that, I, that it's, it's, it's mind-boggling even to this day that not many people out there, like at least established artists talk about this to the next gen or people who are trying to
1: come up for they, they don't because they, they keep they, that shit to two, themselves. Two, two reasons. reason number one is bad for marketing reason. Number two, why would you, why would you talk about something you don't know how to fix? <laughs> Most big guys haven't had it figured out, bro. And I can tell you this firsthand because without mentioning names, I've got some big names in my pocket asking me my advice on the shit that they did wrong and how to figure it out. And I'm sitting here, like, I do my, I do my own thing, bro. Like I, I don't give a fuck about the fame. I don't give a fuck about, like, right. if, I, if I could put food on the table and that's, I'm having fun doing it, that's what I matters. fans that love me and I love them, like, that's, that's all, what I, matters. I don't give a shit. I don't care about numbers. I don't care about none of that. If I wanted to do numbers, I would have done numbers years ago. Mm. I don't care about that. Okay, I could play a game all day long, but I'm not here to play a game. I'm here to have fun and I'm here to pay bills. One thing I have learned when you get to that point of you don't give a shit what people think, you start noticing who's actually doing good and who mm-hmm. just looks like they're doing good. And the people that that aren't really doing good behind the scenes, they're scrambling all the time. And I see it and I'm here like they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And, and the reason why the reason why and this is what I came back from earlier is like the music industry as an example it's so full of injustice. It's so like,
0: it's so A, many it's fucking shits, you know, like, right, first
1: off, it's, it's hella unprofessional. Let's start hell, with that. There's hell no, yeah. there's no, there's, professional no, boundaries. there's no, there's no adequate. No,
0: no, no, no. They, they'll
1: try to screw you over as much as they can to At your face, level. to At your face. Level. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You and, know, you know who my biggest clients have been in the last 10 years? It's not been promoters. It's not been record labels. It's not been none of that shit. It's, it's been, the film industry, and the video game industry. Yo, And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. People, it's so funny that we talk about this today, but people are going to complain all week this week about Bandcamp got bought out by Epic, bro. We're going to have to buy in-game V-Bucks shit for Bandcamp, blah, blah. (laughs) You're going to hear that all week. I guarantee it's already started. But you know what the wildest part about that conversation is? The only people I know that pay a fair price for a sync license is Epic. Mm, that's true. They are the only ones putting money in artists' pockets directly. They don't go through the publishers. They don't go through none of that shit. They just go like, hey, buddy, you want money? You need to pay your bills. Here's 10 grand. Have fun. That's it. That's that's all the conversation is. We're going to use your song in the, in the Fortnite radio. Most artists don't give a flying fuck about it, but it pays the bills. It, yeah. Think about that for two seconds. How hard is it to just give a shit about people putting food on the table? It's not hard, right? Okay. How hard is it to put it on paper? It's not hard either, right? Because it's only a few more words. Now, why is it so hard for music professionals? Professionals, quote unquote. Exactly. I was gonna say. Okay it makes no sense and then i mean you look at it and you look at labels so many fucking labels so many labels Oof. are just so predatory in the way they work it's Oof. like oh we'll take 100% of your master and we're going to put 300 bucks down on your on your marketing budget and that's everything that's all we're doing for you like excuse me you're going to you're going to own my song and you're going to pay me 300 bucks and you're going to not even pay it to me you're going to use it have that total the, control. The on marketing? Yeah. Have that control that fuck we up. own you. Not that happening. we own your Not song. Happening. Yeah. Well, yeah I would, you know You know what's crazy? I don't even have numbers. And you know what my answer is every single time I get one of those? I look at them and I say, here's my only counter offer. Otherwise, you can fuck off. And that's how I start my email. Every single time. That is verbatim. I will literally <laughs> pull one up that I sent like about, like, I think, three months ago. Please. That's the last time I got please. one. Please. I go... This is my counteroffer. If you're not happy, you can fuck off. And my counteroffer is as follows, okay? Usually, depending on the song, depending on how much I value the song personally. Right. That's my first criteria. And my second criteria usually is like, okay, is this more like, is this a song that, that'll that chart well? Is this a song that's playable live? Or is this more of like a sync worthy song? Because that mm. plays a huge role. Yes. So if it's that a is syn- true. If it's a yes. Worthy song. Yes. If it's a sync worthy song, I know this song is worth anywhere from 5k to 50k minimum. Huge payouts. So right off the bat, if they if they're not putting at least 10k on the table up front, it's not even a conversation. If it's only for like live play out, or if it's only for like you know streaming platforms and shit like that, I know I'm at least making 500 to a thousand bucks on that. The offer states as follows: This is how it starts. Usually it'll go like, you'll get. Twenty to forty percent of the master, depending on the label, depending on the resources, yada yada yada, Uh, depending on how well the song actually fits on the label, depending on like what their actual strategy was, and I'm expecting X amount upfront as an advance. Thank you very much. Have a good day. And that's it. That's that's how the email ends. And and it's crazy because a lot of people do not have the balls to ask. No, they're they're too afraid. What happens is, is then they wind up and 10 years down the line, they don't own their masters on anything and they don't make money. And then they wonder, then they wonder, oh shit, how come I can't put food on the table? I can't pay my rent. Of course you can't pay your rent, bro. You don't own your masters. You don't own your masters. Obviously, you can't pay your rent. Mm-hmm. You can't sync your own songs because you don't own your own songs. And, and they- syncing is the only way you're actually going to make money and pay your bills. You know how crazy it is? Uh, When was it? A year and a half ago. When I synced my first movie placement, one sync, one license for one song paid me more than streaming combined for all of the music I've ever released. Jesus. One sync for one song for one movie paid me more than all of my streaming over eight years on all of my 60 plus release songs. Wow! One sync. Think about that. Think about that. Now, did I work my ass off for that sink? Yeah, it took me three years for it to finish off and land and get into my pockets. Took a long time. but One sink. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that. But one sink. And then people wonder why labels absolutely want your master. Think about it. Whoever owns the master owns the sink. Whoever owns the sink is pocketing the money. End of story. And that's where I don't fuck with a lot of things that go on in the music industry because it's just a bunch of people that don't actually know how to run a business. But at the same time, most of the music industry is just run by glorified drug dealers. So who's surprised? Wow. It's run by drug drug dealers that never made it in the drug trade. What do you expect? If you can't make it in the drug trade, how are you going to make it in music?
0: And then and then older subordinates, older peoples and ARs are just, you know, random ass people. They don't have any they're criteria. Homies. Yeah, they're homies. They're they don't homies, have they but... don't have any criteria to listen to your music. Dude. They just I, they, if they I fuck with cheap?
1: it, that's it. That's can it. they pay cheap and are they able to make me money? That's all they care that's, about.
0: That's oh oh my God, bro. Thank God I'm I terrible. talked to you about this. Because, Dude. bro, when I talk about this sort of shit in my in my show. A lot, of people, a lot of people that interview, they'd be like, holy shit, man. That, that's wild to think about that. But the small small percentage that they're the loudest, they always look at me like, man, you're crazy as fuck, bro. You got the tinfoil shit, man. You're just a washed up artist, man. You never made it. What the fuck do you know about this?
1: I'm you- about to buy a house. You're going to call me a washed up artist? The fuck? The fuck? People, like, people lose their fucking minds, bro. It's crazy to me. And that's I'm- what's wild. It's like, you, you got that. You, you get that from people and like, Some of those people are doing okay financially. But if I was to take their entire profile, their entire portfolio, and look at it, they'd probably be leaking money. And if I was to tell them like, hey, you're supposed to be making like six times what you're making right now, which is usually what happens every time I consult for someone, by the way. Every time I've consulted for someone, I've looked at their numbers and I'm like, hey, there's a problem here. You're not making X amount. You're making X amount. How come? Because this is what you should be making with the numbers you say you have. Mm. And they look at me like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, exactly. So you have no idea what's going on. I've had artists come up to me and they're like, we're talking artists that have 10 times my following, 10 times my play count. Okay. People that are supposed to be making money on average, banking. on average, 20 to 25 K a month. Okay. And they look and they tell me, they're like, bro, I have a hard time paying 7 K in bills. And I look at them and this is my answer. It's two, it's, it's on two points. That's Point cool. number one is, is, how the fuck do you have 7K in bills? That's my first question. How the fuck? 7K in bills is massive. I have a kid. I'm about to buy a house. I have I have a fucking studio space. I have fucking bills to pay for all this shit. And I barely hit 2K a month. How the fuck do you hit 7K? That's my first question. And the second question which is even crazier to me that they that, that like the answer that I get usually ends up being the same is is where the fuck is your email list for all of your fans and your customers? And they go, What email list? And I go, Don't you have a manager? Doesn't he don't they have the email list for the people that like pay your bills? And they're like, No, excuse me? He doesn't CC so you're telling you on all you're the shit. Telling me? No. It's not even about the CCing. It's about the fact that they don't have an email list of their fans. Bro, this is the wild part to me, okay? If you don't know your customers' contact information, how the fuck are you supposed to sell them something? If you don't know how you're going to sell them something, how the fuck are you going to put food on your table? It doesn't make sense. It's completely irrational. And I've had this conversation like that. That, This is one example out of many, but like I've had this conversation so many times. I ask people all the time like, oh, you're struggling financially with your music? Tell me. Do you know your fans by their first and last name? No? Oh, that's a problem. That's a that's a real big problem. Do you know who pays my rent? I can tell you right now who pays my rent. It's this one couple in Australia. But just those two alone, every month, pay me enough to pay my rent. Just those two. I'm not even talking about every other fan. But just those two pay me enough for me to pay my rent. That is a wild concept that most people just, it flies right over their heads. But I know their first names. I know their last names. I know their per- their preferences. One of them has my fucking face tattooed on their arm. I know them on a personal level. Mm. Because guess what? They're my best customers. They've spent so much money. Everybody who's ever spent money on me, I know them by name. I know them by face. I know what their interests are. Why? Because I don't just consider them customers anymore. They help put food on the table. They're yeah. part of the family. If you're not willing to treat the people that are going to spend money on you like that, how the fuck do you expect people to spend money on you? It's a crazy concept. I know, you know, giving a shit about people. But when you think about it, when you really think about it, how hard is it to ask somebody how their day's going after they just spent money on your album, after they just streamed your song 50 times? It's not a lot, but for them, it right. means the world. Do you exactly. know how I many fans I've had message me at three in the morning and be like, yo, bro, I can't take this anymore. My life is shit. And all I do is just jump on a, on a voice call with them, just like we're doing right now. And I just have a quick chat with them. Sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes it's six hours. Sometimes I take them out for coffee. I don't care what it is. Because it's not just about the music and it's not just about paying the bills. Mm-hmm. You're talking about human beings. And I mean, I, I do that because that's my way of doing it. But like sometimes all it takes is just a response. And even just giving it the smallest amount of shit about somebody's personal life as, they're, as they are your customer changes everything and then they will forever believe in you and then you can pay your bills no problem because they they believe in you because you're a decent human being that sells a cool product Mm -hmm. it's not hard but most people don't want to put the work they don't want to commit to that most people don't don't. even want to read bro most people haven't read a book since they were 12 and and
0: that's the fucked up part is that when you're signing to these contracts is like motherfucker do you even realize what you're doing it's literally the, the definition signing your soul to the devil most people because you have, people, you have no think, idea what you're signing
1: most people think that it's not worth spending two grand to have a lawyer on retainer for a couple hours to oh, be able to send them God, shit like that bro. do you know how crazy it is to me as somebody who, who almost went to law school and just like studied law for a living and went and was about to go into entertainment law my one of my good friends, from when I used to work in restaurants, he became an entertainment lawyer. I don't pay him because I don't need to pay him personally, But the day I need to pay him, I don't care what his fee is. I know it's fucking expensive as shit because he works at one of the best firms in Montreal. But I don't give a fuck what his fee is. If I need him, i'm I'm paying it. But I also know the flip side of it. It's I spent money on a lawyer to get all my contract stuff settled up and figured out when I first got into music professionally. So that I had a proper understanding of what Mm -hmm. I was getting into. Nowadays, if I do need a lawyer, for the most part, at the moment I don't. But when I do need a lawyer, I know who to call. I know how much it's going to cost. I know it's going to be expensive, but I'm willing to pay for it. But I also know that I'm not going to waste my time getting a lawyer if it's under fifty k, because it's just not worth the hassle. I'm just not going to see that money. You know, I've got people, dude. I've got, I've got producers that I've collaborated with that haven't paid me a dime for the collaborations. What? Oh, yeah. And I I mean, I could be like super vocal about it and I could talk all my shit. It's not worth it. I believe. I
0: believe. okay? So you can talk about it and I believe it.
1: We're we're talking like a thousand bucks at the very most. And yeah, a thousand bucks right now with a kid, I would love that. It would would make all the difference in the world. But you know what else? You know what else? It just tells me how petty these people, if people are willing to fuck me over for under a thousand bucks, I'm glad that this is where mm-hmm. I caught it because at least it's not for 50K. At least it's not for 100K. I just wash my hands, move on, forget about it. I you know, I send my emails every once in a while, but I'm not going to chase a thousand bucks. It's not worth it.
0: No, and it's, not worth it's, it. F- it's wild to think about that. I'd much I rather had- just
1: leverage the name and just be like, yeah, cool. Look at what I did and then get something else out of it.
0: Dude, I have homies, homies. I'll bleep this, I'll bleep this uh version so their names are not you know mentioned out there in the public, but my homies they're still waiting for money that it's been owed by by artists like and someone else because of the collapse I'm not they surprised. did. I'm and not su- it's like yeah, 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 I got you, I got you, I got you. And 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 he's like, dude, like where's the money? I thought you were promised me about this, this, and that. And, oh, no, it's like other shit, you know, blah, blah, but you got it. But then you see him, you know, spending um, other shit publicly. And then my homie, who's a brother to me, he told me this wild story that he did. Um, He was part of the album with him, the one that uh, collabed. Mm-hmm. He, he basically did that song. That, that was all on of him. Of course
1: he did. Of course
0: he did. I'm not surprised. To this day, it's been two or three years since that album came and that song and has won whatever awards has won and he received, you know, the credits out of it. To this day, they still haven't paid the money that they were supposed to pay him up front. To this day. To this day. And, and this is another conversation I have with, with his manager because they were telling me like, yeah, we don't know what to do because, you know, it, it's all based on whatever... Negotiate with him. That's what we're gonna get. And if doesn't get the money, we don't get the money. But we're like, dude, we made the song. We, the song is one of the hottest ones of the album. Like, so here's sh-
1: here's here's my question to you: How much money is are we talking? Because that's the thing. At the end of the day, it, uh, in music, it, but in it's anything really, is above
0: fifty like, k.
1: If it's above fifty k, just get a fucking entertainment lawyer involved, and it's gonna be settled within a month. And I, if I, it's not above 50K, don't fucking bother because it's just not worth the hassle and you're just going to spend more money right. than you're going to make. You know, and th- and that's really all it comes down to. And that's like, it's funny because you, you mentioned the name that I wasn't going to mention. One that like, and like, I love, and I, I, I get it because I've been in that situation where like you're trying to build a brand and bubble blah, blah. Again, back to what we were saying earlier, there's a million reasons why he might not be paying. I don't care what it is.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, I would need the money right now. I, am I in a situation where I would bust somebody's knees for a thousand bucks? Fuck no. I can put food on the table. It's fine. Is it sad that like I have to chase it? Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. But am I worried about it? Nah. Cause we, A, at the time we didn't, I didn't have a contract. I didn't know better. This was years <laughs> yeah. ago at this point. B, you know, he's done a lot for me brand wise. Like he's he's definitely like, you know, I've back to back with him multiple times on different shows, out of out of the city. You know, there's all these other things that like it's definitely made my career better rather than worse. Like right, for right, a thousand right. bucks of streaming money, I did get a lot more out of it over overall. Does it suck that it's not like handled professionally? Yeah, it does. Yeah. But it's not the end of the world. Like I've had way worse situations happen to me where I've actually had to call up lawyers. But never, never, never. I'm never going to do that for streaming money. Because A, the only songs that I've ever written that are worth that kind of money are just, they were ghost produced first of all. Mm -hmm. I ghost produced for other people and I got paid cash ahead of time. So even if they made more money off of streaming, I made my money and I walked away scot-free. So I don't give a shit what they did with it after. And be the only other ones, well, I got sync licenses from it and I own the master. So I don't give a shit. No, that's I, why, like, that, that's why there's this other thing of like over time when you've when you've been around enough and you and you've seen enough of that shit happen, mm. you learn to pick your battles. You know, you try a bunch of shit, some shit works yeah. out, some shit doesn't work out, and you pick your battles. Some things are worth fighting for, some things are not worth fighting for, you know? Like, okay, different example. I'm working on a collab with Adventure Club right now, right? If that collab hits like, you know, 10 million streams and then the boys don't pay me after like two years, I'm going to start asking questions. But also I'm going to have that on paper ahead of time because I've learned.
0: Yes, yes. So
1: again, was that $1,000 worth that lesson? Fuck yeah, it was. It's taught me a lot of things. It's taught me a lot of things. There's a lot of things that are worth Like A lot of L's you're going to take are going to be small L's financially Mm -hmm. in the big scheme of things, but are going to be worth thousands upon thousands of dollars of time, energy, and actual money saved when you look at it the right way and you plan accordingly. My first show ever, I lost 18K. I was 18K down the hole and I had a shotgun put down my throat. First show I ever threw. I, I booked Mantis in Montreal. I'll always remember this. It taught me so many things. I haven't heard of of him in a long time. I took so many L's that day. But you know what? I got one big ass W out of it. I learned not to trust a single promoter and have everything on paper and have all Mm. the cash in hand. And to stay sober when you're throwing a show. That's the most important part. That taught me a lot. Eight years later though, when I threw my next show, be damn sure we had everything sorted out. We almost broke even. We almost broke even on a show we thought we were going to lose 10K on. And that's the thing is... Some L's are worth taking, mm. but you got to know how to pick your battles and you got to know how to learn from those L's. Yes. See, and, and a I lot was, of people don't want to do it. A lot of people don't want to commit to that.
0: And see, and that's where I was actually going to go for about, you know, picking your battles. And I and I was going to get to that, the the reason why they haven't got into that, you know, that, that lawyer to get that money back because, because basically brings a lot of business, a lot of money into oh, yeah. his pocket. So oh, yeah. it's it's basically like if he brings out a lawyer and fights to this, he might actually lose this battle with it may lose that connection,
1: you know? It, and it that, just it, it it's it sucks that it's like that, you know? Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. It sucks words, but it's like you said, you got to pick your battles. You, mm-hmm. you need to know which battles are you willing to die? If you're for. willing
1: to take on a, you gotta know you're gonna win. Yes. And B, you gotta be able to buy a goddamn house out of it, because otherwise, what the fuck is the point? <laughs> yes. Seriously, seriously, seriously. Or you gotta really not give a shit about. The- and in in, in this case I don't think that's the case. No, exactly. And that? It's like okay, it's like me and Calvin Harris. When I called Calvin Harris out and I and I went to war with him, I don't give a shit about the guy. I don't. I, I could be offered to collaborate with him right now and I'd be like, "Ha, no, thank you. Bye-bye. Why? Because I just don't fuck with the guy as a person. But that's a different conversation too. It's like, that's my own personal values right. that I put before the music and yada, yada, yada. But for me, that's why I made that conscious decision of like, nah, I'm going to stand my ground and like, this is what I believe in. You know, because exactly. I don't care enough about appearances. But depending on where that care lies and depending on how much you get out of a certain interaction, It's just not worth the fight. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is though. So like I've seen situations where like it was worth it. Mm. If their answer would have been like, oh, well, we just want the money. It's just money. There's always another way to make money. Mm. But if you need it because it's, it's, it's a stepping stone to something or it's part of the foundation. That's a different conversation. The day somebody fucks with my money and it fucks with my roof, then we have a problem. Yeah. I'll go to war for that. Mm -hmm. But if it's just money for the sake of having money, bro, it's just money. If I was really that focused on money, I would be day trading and selling drugs. I wouldn't be making music. God knows. God knows. Music does not pay the bills that easily. Bro, preach be, about this se- shit, I'd be, yeah. I'd be selling my dick and my ass, bro. I don't give a shit. And
0: this is something I say about it a lot of times to people. People really do not believe me when I say this type of shit. I say like, guys, a producers' income in the EDM scene, like, we don't make money from music. What income? Like, it's a it's Bro, a what it, income.
1: It's, it's how many how many EDM producers do you know pay their bills with streaming? None. I'll tell you all the homies that I know, Zero. they get they, they
0: get they get their income comes from either selling merch. Or, or festivals, or shows. So shows, shows, you know? That's that's, that's how they get their incomes. Production
1: lessons recently and sample packs recently, Tutor, that's it.
0: That's another, and that's a and and side that's that's sci- hustle. I was
1: doing five years ago. And I that's consult sci- for people that want to do that now. It's crazy to me. But you know what? You know what's crazier? You know what's crazier? This is my favorite part about it, is when you tell these people, oh, there's more ways to make money than the ones you know, they look at you like, nah, bro, there isn't. This is like, oh. Okay, then. Okay, then keep okay. not making money. Yeah, again. exactly. You know, it's not like I'm out here with like 10,000 followers paying my bills like there's no tomorrow and washing my hands and working the minimum amount of hours in my day. But yeah, go on about how you know how to make money. You have a manager that doesn't know how to make you money and you don't know how to make money. But two heads are better than one. Am I right? Not really. <laughs> not really. That's that's actually a very
0: dangerous thing. If it, I mean, the, the whole purpose of a manager is that. He the, he makes money when you make money. If he does if, if you don't make money, then you don't make money.
1: If he takes a cut before you got food on the table, there's a problem.
0: There's a problem. If he knows a lot of stuff that you don't know, there's a problem. If he doesn't tell you more than half of the shit that goes down, the, not you know what? Not more nah, than half. I said. Everything. If he doesn't tell you everything it's a team thing he works for you not exactly the other you're the boss he may manage your
1: man, manage you and who your artist if you pay him you the client exactly he, exactly he the service provider that's it
0: exactly it's doesn't something that people need to understand like you you're paying somebody to handle
1: all that bullshit but when you're don't people don't want to hear the new information. No. Bro. They think that the managers no, are giving them full careers and the keys and everything. No. That's what's going on.
0: And that's why there's a lot of managers who are stiffing a lot of fucking producers.
1: That's why. It, of course. Of like, course. But you know how easy it is to approach an aspiring producer and be like, hey. Fucking easy. Let, let, me, let me get writing credits on all of your songs and I'll manage you and I'll book you at shows and shit. Bro, and I don't want to name names, but God knows that some of the best artists right now in dubstep are being managed by somebody who did exactly that. And that is the most fucked up shit I've ever heard. Oh, but, bro. I have bro. a story. I, I have a story. Oh, I have, I have a story. <laughs>
0: all right. All right. All right. Let me tell you what's going on, baby. One? If you guys made it all the way to the end of the episode and you feel kind of left out, like, why didn't the episode finish Like. Don't worry, guys. It's okay. The episode was way too big for me to put it in just one episode that I had to divide the episode because there was so many good content and so many good topics and discussions that it cannot be discussed other one episode, but had to divide it so we can always have brand new episodes with brand new topics every Friday. Always remember that. So be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and of course, the YouTube channel at lonewolfpod.com that's right lonewolfpod.com where you can check all my latest episodes and always remember to comment down below let me hear your thoughts share your experiences if you guys got a certain topic that you want me to cover for the next episode please let me know on the comments down below and I'll do my best to do so so thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys in the next one Deuces